Welcome to Late Night Murder Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Nicole. And I'm Chase. Join us this week as we go to Fishtown, Pennsylvania and talk about the murder of a 16-year-old boy and his shitty friends. Trigger warning, this episode does include descriptions of blood and gore as well as murder, so listener discretion is advised. Just wanted to give you guys a heads up. so excited to tell me about this case all week you keep almost telling me about it and then I have to remind you not to tell me anything I know I just get I'm so used to being able to tell you about things as I learn about them and it's been really hard this week because I've gone so in depth with this I know it's gonna be awesome I'm excited I am too so let's jump right into it shall we let's do it what's that thing you say before you would do shows um uh, tip the, of the tongue, teeth in the lips. I was going to say the talk of the cat. The taco, the cat, the cat, the taco. The tip of the tongue, the teeth of the tit? The what? tip of the tongue, the teeth in the lips. <laughs> the tip of the tail, the taco for the cat. Yeah. The tip of the tail, the taco for the cat. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we're going to start off with Jason Sweeney. He was born July 29th, 1986, and he was born in Fishtown, Pennsylvania. Okay. Fishtown, Pennsylvania is your blue-collar type of town. Sounds like they do a lot of fish in there. I don't know, honestly. (laughs) Um, I had to say it. (laughs) I bet they are so tired of hearing that joke if they're from Fishtown. Yeah, probably. We have listeners in Pennsylvania, I probably. I know. Let me know if they do some fish in there. Yeah, if you're from Pennsylvania, tell us where you are in there. Yeah. Uh, so Jason lived with his mom, Don, his father, Paul, and his younger sister, Melissa. He had brown hair. They, he was described as an easygoing guy. Jason was going to school. Uh, it wasn't for him, so then he ended up dropping out. He dropped out of uh, a high school or college? Yeah, so he dropped out of high school. Okay. And then he did get accepted into his military school of his dreams, so he could go on to become a Navy SEAL. It was Valley Forge Military School, except coming from like that blue collar working class family he wasn't able to afford it so he decided to go work with his father's construction company and just earn the money for school on his own and so we're gonna fast forward he's no longer a child he's 16 when this takes place all right so we'll go back to the day before that friday when he was reported missing we'll kind of give you a layout of what his plans were he was really close to his family his mom his dad he told them what his plans were that day So he had planned to go pick up his check, his paycheck from the construction company, cash it, and then go to hang out with his new girlfriend, Justina Morley. They had been dating for about two weeks at this point. And Dawn, Jason's mom, actually stated that Jason, quote, thought she was a nice girl and he was excited to bring her home and meet his family. Okay. So they hadn't met her yet? They had not met her yet. So Jason was walking home uh, from work. He had gotten his check cashed, and then he had about $500, which I don't think is bad for a 16-year-old for a paycheck. I think that's totally fine. Yep, you're doing great. I've been older and made less. Yeah, true. (laughs) So like I said, he had made plans with his girlfriend, Justina, to go to uh, the trails in the woods that um, they were planning on having sex. It was going to be his first time. He was super stoked. In the woods? In the woods. 
I'm not doing that my first time in the woods. Right? No, that just... mm -mm. And then since Jason didn't come home that Friday night, his parents knew he was going to be hanging out with Justina. So let's do a little background on Justina. She is a newer girl to town. When she was 10, she was reported to already be using, abusing drugs, including marijuana, prescription pills, and cocaine from a young age. By 10 years old? At 10. Okay. A, a couple years around there, so sometime between 8-ish to 15, I don't, couldn't really find the exact date or her age, she had been admitted to a mental hospital and actually forced her mom to take her out of there against doctor's wishes because she didn't want to stay at the mental hospital. I'm kind of still hung up on the fact that she's doing drugs at 10 years old. That, what kind of asshole is selling drugs to a 10-year-old? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Okay. So she's getting out of there then. Yeah. So her mom took her out of the mental hospital, and then a couple years later, she moves to Fishtown, meets Jason, starts dating him. So that's kind of her background. Okay. Introduce you to Edward Eddie Batzig Jr. He is 16. Okay. He has actually been Jason's best friend since they were in fourth grade. All so right. So 16, you're roughly sophomore, junior year. So they've been friends for seven, six, seven years. Yeah. Sorry, I had to do math. I can't math. No, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie had started hanging around a rougher crowd, and Jason's parents, being good parents, asked him to stop hanging out with Eddie because of this. And Jason actually was so kind-hearted, he responded with, well, what if I'm the only good influence Eddie has and I can help him? Oh, man. So Jason was a really sweet guy. And then we have two of Jason's older friends that they used to be good friends and they've kind of drifted apart as they got older. We have Nicholas Koya, who is 16, and then Dominic Koya, who is 17, and Nicholas's older brother. Okay. So what we so kn we've got, yeah, go ahead. We've got Dominic, Nick, and Eddie, are all Jason's friends. Jason has always been friends with all of them, but recently Nicholas and Dominic have kind of drifted off, and Eddie's starting to drift off into that bad crowd too. Got it. So what we know that Jason didn't is Justina has actually been having sex with Nicholas and Eddie recently. Both of them. Both of them. Mm. while dating Jason. And that's kind of why Nicholas stopped being friends with Jason because he was sleeping with Justina. Okay. Man, I feel, I, I feel bad for this kid. It seems like it's kind of like a... He's almost like naive. He's trying to see past the the bad stuff, you know? Yeah, he is a super sweet kid from everything I can find. So like I said, Dominic, Nicholas, Eddie, as he goes by... And Justina are all in that rougher kind of crowd. They're into doing drugs. Just n not very... Not nice people, but what's the word when you're not really respectable? They're just rougher. There we go. We'll just go just with go rougher. With the rougher crowd. They're just part of that rougher crowd. Well, they knew Jason was getting paid this Friday. Man, what? Are they going to rob him or something? Well, that's what they planned. That's terrible. They're supposed to be friends, huh? They're supposed to be friends, and one's supposed to be his girlfriend. So they made this plan a couple days in advance. They needed money for drugs like heroin, marijuana, Xanax. 
and apparently they were too lazy to work to get the money and figured they could just rob Jason for it. Like good friends do. Like good friends do. So Justina, Eddie, Nicholas, and Dominic Mm -hmm. all concocted this plan a couple days beforehand where Justina would lure Jason out to the trails with the promise of sex. And then as Jason's pants were down, they were going to rob and beat him. You know, did it ever cross their mind that maybe they could just borrow the money from him? I, like, it sounds like he was a sweet enough kid that it, they, they really, like, could have asked him for, like, a couple hundred bucks or something, and he probably would have given it to them. I bet they would have. I bet he would have. But I bet they did not think of that. No, probably not. So we're going to go to your favorite weekend of the year, Memorial Day weekend, Woo-hoo! in 2003. Okay. So we're going to put Jason off to the side for a minute. So there are two teenagers walking through the woods in Fishtown. It's an area of the woods that the locals call the trails. All right. So they are walking through the woods and they see bloody bones and they just think it's animal bones. They keep going, trying to investigate. You've been a teenage boy. You understand. Yeah, yeah. If you were in the woods and you saw something, you'd want to go investigate, I bet. Yeah, they're going to go look at the bones. Yeah, so they see like some bloody things and they're trying to figure out where it's coming from. They're like, oh, it's probably an animal... But they're going to go check it out. Sounds like some stand-by-me stuff. <clears throat> Definitely. When they got closer, though, and they kept inspecting, uh, they did realize it was a human body. Uh, so the face was so badly beaten, um, it was completely unrecognizable. Like, they couldn't tell if it was male or female from the face. Mm. And then on this body, they could tell that there were teeth not in the face anymore because they were on the grass beside the body. Oh, God. They called 911. Cops get there. They assess the scene. They are picking up evidence, trying to figure out what happened. They obviously can't do an ID of this guy. There's nothing in his wallet. His pockets are turned out. He obviously can't do a facial recognition because there kind of is not a face to go on for that. Yikes. So they take the body back to be autopsied. So they are able to hopefully match it to missing persons or something along those lines. Okay. While assessing the scene and trying to find any evidence, they do find a a rock that has blood on it. They find a hatchet and a hammer that also have blood on them. Oh, good Lord. So as the coroner is doing the autopsy, they, he noted, I don't know if it was a he, they, We'll keep it safe. Okay. (laughs) Uh, They they noted that every bone in this person's head had been broken except the left cheekbone. Oh my God. That is the only bone in the in the head that was not broken. That is that is, wow. It is brutal. That's that's some brutality for Mm -hmm. real. That's a lot. Wow. Okay. I mean, it sounded bad when you were talking about it earlier, but when you say it like that, that just seems. It makes it worse somehow. Yeah, it's definitely. Okay. Ugh. Yeah. Like I said, it was rough. Um. While they were doing the autopsy, they did notice an older cut on this person's hand. Like, the cut had not come from the attack. It was starting to heal, and it wasn't as fresh as everything going on in the face. So they decided, the police decided to take that information and try to match it to those missing person reports. So after comparing the cut on his person's hand to those reports, they matched it to a 16-year-old Jason Sweeney, who hadn't come home on Friday, and his body was fit. Uh, the teenagers found it on Saturday. So the next day or a week later? Uh, so he, Jason was reported missing on Friday night when he didn't come home. Mm-hmm. And we'll go into that a little more later. 
And then the body was found that next day. The next day. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the police called Jason's family and Jason's dad, Paul, and his sister, Melissa, came and identified the cut on his hand. (sighs) So they verified that he had gotten that cut while working with his dad at the construction place a couple days beforehand, and that was Jason. Uh, Like I said, time of death had been estimated to be sometime the the day before. Okay. So once they identified that body as being Jason's, the family had the police start there. With Justina? With Justina. And the police sat her down and told her, hey, like, Jason died and everything. She had no reaction. It was straight-faced. No reaction? No reaction. No crying, no sadness, nothing. Hmm. It was just stone cold. Which, I mean, everybody grieves differently. Yeah. So you never know how you're going to react to that situation. Well. But just. I don't know. It seems like when you get news like that, you would be in shock, maybe. Maybe was she in shock? I don't know. You know. We'll find out. Could have been. We'll find out. Okay. Let's go back to when Jason and Justina are going off into the woods. They're getting ready to have sex. They're starting to undress. And then when Jason's pants are down. Uh, Yep. Okay. This is where it gets a little rough. Okay. Fair warning to you and our listeners. Yeah. All right. Thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) Eddie actually came out from behind a bush with a hatchet. And Nicholas and Dominic appeared as well, one of them holding a hammer. And so from accounts, Dominic states that they counted down three, two, one, and then they attacked him. They attacked Jason while his pants were down so he would be defen- like right. less able to like run away and everything. Yeah, you can't fight anybody with your pants down. Yeah. Not very well anyway. Not very well. And yeah. if you can, I don't want to fight though. What a, what a shitty group of friends. Yeah, it's really shitty. They're not friends. I'm not calling them friends. That's not yeah. accurate. That's ridiculous. And one's supposed to be his girlfriend. It's going to be a recurring word on this show. It's just asshole. That's all I can yeah. ever think of. Maybe we'll put it on a sticker or a shirt or something. Just asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So while they were planning this, Eddie actually stated that he would be the one to take the first blow. He wanted to take that first blow. Mind you, Eddie is the best friend since yeah, he's fourth the, grade. Yeah, he's the closest one to him. He is the closest one so that's what happens they counted down three two one and then eddie attacked him with the hatchet it actually was lodged into jason's forehead about two to three inches deep did they plan it to be a murder we'll get into that okay because this is all on account of all four of these people after the fact all of these events that have happened okay so eddie hits him and then they all start attacking him Eddie will also say later that Jason pleaded for his life the whole time and told the boys to stop since he was already bleeding. Oh, God. After a few blows, Jason was laying on the ground unconscious. They proceeded to smash his face. One of them actually picked up a rock at one point and just started smashing. Before Jason was unconscious, he did try to run away, and Dominic actually ran up to him, jumped on his back, and started beating his head in with the hammer. Oh, my God. This is brutal it's a brutal one and then justina will actually state that she watched dominic hit him with the hammer and at one point it actually got stuck and he couldn't get it out for a minute oh my god and then so they 
Jason is lying there unconscious, and they can still hear him breathing, though. So then one of them took a huge rock and just beat the right side of his head in, and that's why that left cheekbone was still okay, though, because they hit the right side with the rock. (sighs) So they take his money. Mind you, he only got paid $500. Yeah, see... That's another thing. That's not a large amount of money. It's, I mean, five hundred bucks is five hundred bucks, but to to be murdered for five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. Yep. So Dominic will actually actually says, "quote We took Sweeney's wallet out and split up the money, and we partied beyond redemption." With five hundred dollars between the four of them. Can you do that math? Yeah, you get one hundred and twenty-five bucks each. Mm-hmm. And you buy, they bought weed. Xanax and other prescription pills, I think. Wow. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yep. So, but before they took his money, Dominic did say that they did something that it chills my bones. I can't. They shared a group hug. Quote, it was like we were all happy with what we did, end quote. Over this lifeless 16-year-old. That is disgusting. That is just... I can't handle that. It chills your core. So I'm, I'm just, these people, that's so, that's so terrible. I don't understand. They had to have been, were they high while they were doing this? Do we know that? That gets asked. Yeah. Well, I hope so. That's what I'm thinking. So they all get arrested. Good. For this. They were actually bragging about it in the days afterwards. To their friends, like, oh, I can't believe we actually killed him. That's insane. And everything like that. Good for you. So the group, after they have brutally murdered Jason, taken his money, they go to a friend's house, and I guess they're all shaking, kind of hyped up on adrenaline. And then their friend helps them wash their clothes and get rid of their clothes and everything, and then they all party, quote, beyond redemption, end quote. God. It's terrible. So after they get arrested, it comes out that they have done all of this. It's like how everything worked, because pretty much once they got arrested, they were like, yeah, we did it. We killed him. So they got arrested just because, what, did someone turn him in? Yeah. So the friend went to the police. <sighs> Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, that's just a lot. That's just a lot to imagine, especially doing Like, I can't imagine any of my friends doing that to me. Yeah. You know, that's just... It's a lot. It really is. So a couple things during those interrogations, and that's where we get a lot of this information, like what Jason had said during the attack, the counting three down, the counting from three down. Another thing Dominic says, he's the 17-year-old. He was asked, were you guys high or under the influence? And I've seen the video of this. It's chilling he goes no i was as sober as i am now it's sick isn't it just flat out he just flat out says that yep and all of their interrogations as they're talking about this they're just flat faced like they don't even care that they did this it doesn't phase them it seems so many of these that we talk about like even in the past before we had the podcast and stuff it seems like when these people get together. It's like a group of people, this like weird group mentality that happens and they push each other further maybe. Yeah. It's but a... it's like these sick people find each other. And that is so weird to me. Mm-hmm. It's just, ugh. it's really like that mob mentality gone terrible. 
Yeah, that's nuts. Mm-hmm. So they, at least he says they were sober. He was sober. Yes. And then Dominic also says to prepare for the killing, he says they listened to Helter Skelter, quote, about 42 times. And because I couldn't, I kept giving you hints and everything. We listened to Helter Skelter earlier today. Yeah. Did it make you feel murderous at all? No, I can't understand that because I've heard that before about that song too. So it is Helter Skelter by the Beatles. And then for those of you who don't know, it's the same song that Charles Manson said had inspired him and his family. I did air quotes for Mm -hmm. everyone who can't see me. Uh, During their 1969 killing spree in L.A. Yeah, I don't understand it. I've listened to that song before, too, before today. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. I don't know. Maybe maybe somebody can explain that to me, but it's just kind of a rowdier Beatles song. I I hadn't heard it till today, and honestly, I didn't know they did that heavy of things, but I didn't. Yeah, I I don't know. Don't understand where that came from. I think they may have just been saying that because Manson had done that. Maybe. And calling it like, oh, we're crazy. Right. That's weird. I don't know. I think it makes it almost worse somehow because he was sober. That's just, you're a sadist, sadistic human being yeah. to do that. That's, in, that's ugh. I don't know. All right, moving on, moving on. Moving on. So they're all arrested. And at a preliminary hearing on June 17th, there had been no explanation as to why the killers simply did not rob him. Nothing else but rob him. Right. That's what I'm wondering. Because he said it seems like it was pretty premeditated to me that they were just going to kill him. I mean, they came with a hatchet and a hammer. I mean, the rock was probably there. But why bring a hatchet and a hammer if you're not already planning this? There's four of you there. Yeah. That's intimidating enough to rob somebody, I feel like. Especially a 16-year-old. Right. So, reportedly, on the way to this hearing, Justina states that she stripped for all three boys on the way to the courthouse. She's nuts. She's nuts. I have a picture to show you because you are the king of knowing crazy eyes, so I'll show it in a minute. (laughs) We'll see if she has crazy eyes. You should have showed me before because now I know that she's insane. I know. But... All right, well. I'll still show you and we'll still see if she's just deceivingly crazy or flat out you can see it in the eyes. <laughs> okay. So as you said, like, you should have just robbed him, that sort of thing. Jason's mm. dad, Paul, actually states that he knows why they didn't just rob him. Okay. So I'm going to read a quote from him. It says, quote, jealousy. They were jealous that Jason was moving past them, growing beyond them as a good person. He wasn't hooked on drugs like the rest of them, and they wanted vengeance, end quote. I mean, I guess that in some sort of messed up way makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's just considering how crazy they all sound. We'll go to the trial and everything now. Okay. Because it's pretty cut and dry. Like, they found the murder weapons. They all... Right, they got got them. They found... Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Justina's defense attorneys, because she's the youngest one, she's the 15-year-old, they tried to state that she had mental illnesses and with a long history of drug abuse was not in her right mind and should be tried as a juvenile. Note, they were all being tried as adults during this because of the brutality of the murder. Uh, yeah. And so her defense attorneys were like, oh, because of her mental illness and her long history of drug abuse, uh, she should be tried as a juvenile. And she was, she was the only one that wasn't hadn't confessed at this point she said she had no idea she was just she thought they were just gonna rob jason Uh uh-huh so this didn't work the court said no you tried to get treatment 
a couple years ago when you were in the mental hospital and you left. Uh, so you've tried recovery and it didn't happen. Yeah, you just suck at it. Yeah, so you're an adult. Nice yep. try, kid. Yep. God. So when the courts denied that and she, they said, no, you're going to be tried in as, a, as an adult. She going to try a plea deal. She confessed and testified to the for the against the boys for a lesser sentence. Yes. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. See, this is the exact spot where everybody turns on each other. Mm-hmm. Just a bunch of idiots. God damn it. Well, wow. Sorry, I didn't mean to spoil the punchline or anything. No, you're good. I was Jesus. right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she was sentenced to 17 to 35 years. So the late- latest she gets out is when she's 50. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of poop because, you know, Jason never gets to be older than 16. Nope. Yeah, that's... He was going to be a Navy SEAL. Do we know if she... We'll get there. Okay. All right. Don't cut too far ahead. All right. Sorry. We still got the boys. <laughs> okay. Uh, so with Justina's testimony, all three boys were sentenced to life in prison without parole. Uh, however, since they were all under the age of 18 at the time of sentencing... Mm-hmm. They had to be resentenced after the U.S. Supreme Court ruling in 2012 that said life sentences given to juveniles were a violation of the Eighth Amendment, which prohibits cruel and unusual punishment. Okay. Does not seem cruel and unusual to me. Definitely not. Not in this case, anyway. And then, so, they were all technically under the age of 18. However, Dominic was only two, two and a half weeks from his 18th birthday. So, unless you magically switch from a kid to an adult brain the day you turn 18 i'd say he was pretty much an adult right at that point right so what the court judge municipal court judge seamus p mcafee had to say about the about the whole trial and everything he said quote this is barbaric this is something out of the dark ages friends friends over 500 bucks end quote barbaric is a good word for it i think he that judge nailed it Barbaric and out of the dark ages. Good Lord. I mean, can you imagine, like, being 16, your friends and your girlfriend, you thought? No, you wouldn't. You would never. I wouldn't have ever expected anything like that. And I mean, even his mom, Jason's mom said that Jason thought Justina was a nice girl and was going to bring her home to meet his family. Yep. And then this happens. Not only does she turn out to be two-timing. With Nicholas and Eddie, but she also is involved in all of this yep. against him. So it's just, she's a shitty human being. Absolutely. So the only one that I can find that has been resentenced since this so far mm-hmm. is Nicholas Koya. So he's the younger Koya brother and the friend of Jason's that kind of drifted off once he started having sex with Justina. Got it. The resentencing took place in 2015, so 12 years after the murder. So he is now, Nicholas is now 28, the same age Jason would be if he was still alive. So Nicholas's defense attorney tried to say that his unstable home life led him to commit this crime. There are lots of people out there with unstable home lives that don't do this type of shit. Yes. I don't get, I'm sorry. Your childhood is not always an excuse for you to be an asshole. No, you can either go with it or grow from it. God. His defense attorney also stated that Koya's only involvement was hitting Jason with a rock, and that was it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but that's still bad enough for a life sentence, bud. Hitting him with a rock, it sounds like they like he threw a rock at him. Yeah. 
I've thrown rocks at my brothers. Mm-hmm. Not the same thing. Nope. Just so everyone knows, my brothers are fine. I, <laughs> I just grew up a tomboy, like in the <laughs> sticks. It's fine. <laughs> so the judge's original sentence stood life in prison without the chance of parole. And so this judge, Judge Sandy L.V. Bird, had to say, quote, There are no factors which remove the defendant from the punishment of life in prison without parole. Not only did he plan the assault, but he participated in the assault, which was so violent that Jason Sweeney had to be identified with dental records. End quote. Good. So good on Sandy Bird. Good, good. So Jason's mom, Dawn, with this resentencing, she stated that she was content with the outcome of this. She said, quote, I am relieved that he never has to be exposed to another person again. No one should ever have to be exposed to him. End quote. Talking about Nicholas. Right. Jude Conroy, so the assistant district attorney that was prosecuting this resentencing, mm-hmm. told the court that Nicholas had created multiple plans to kill Jason and his persistence didn't stop until Jason was viciously hacked and bludgeoned to death. He said, quote, the savagery that was put upon Jason was unspeakable and inhumane. It is, quote, Lord of the Flies-esque, end quote. Yeah. Very Lord of the Flies. Yeah. I didn't think about that one. Mm-hmm. <sighs> he also said that, quote, justice was served today. The defendant was sentenced to spending the rest of his days in prison, and he will die in prison, end quote. So Justina, mm-hmm. she got sentenced to 17 to 35 years. Okay. On December 10th, 2020... As if 2020 wasn't already a shit enough fucking year, mm-hmm. she was released on parole. No, she was Yes, not. she was. Shh. She is out living as a free on parole person. Wow. Because she testified against the boys. Talk about a deal with the fucking devil. Well, the thing about it is, I don't know if she was... It shouldn't matter anyway. She was there. She helped set it up and do all of that. But I don't know if she ever actually physically participated in the the killing so from all the things i could find she never actually hit jason or anything but she definitely knew she was the bait to lure him out there right so she knew about it i mean it really shouldn't matter anyway because if she wouldn't have done that he would still be alive that's the Mm -hmm. that's the cut and dry she could have stopped it she could have gone to the cops she could have stopped it needed that 125 bucks Mm mm-hmm there wasn't anything I could find concretely about this, but there were some reports that Quartet, these four teenagers at the time, had actually talked to other friends about the killing of Jason before the murder and said, hey, we're planning this. Will you help us sort of thing? Or, oh, I can't wait till Friday when we get to rob him and beat him up and kill him. And I couldn't find anything that was substantiated, so I didn't put it in the story. Right. But there were reports after the fact of people coming up and saying, oh, yeah, Dominic told me they were going to kill Jason or I was there when they planned the whole thing and everything like that. Well, that's a pretty stupid thing to say. Right. Because that's not, why would you say that? You you could have stopped it. Yeah, well, if you, yeah, that's why would you say that? If, Even if that were the case, why would you come out and say that? To clear your conscience, but I hope it's not clear. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so there is now... A scholarship at that Valley Forge Military School for students like Jason who were a C student without any money to pay for school. So that's really nice that they've been able to do that. Like the family has been able to do that after the fact. And then while looking up this case, I did find something that I've never thought of 
when I hear about true crime and murder victims and everything like that, I actually found the case of Jason's dad, Paul, where he was filing for life insurance for like for indemnity purposes mm-hmm. because of Jason's funeral and everything like that. And I didn't think about having to file, like claim your life insurance as the parent because your child died. Yeah. I mean, we have a kid. It's, mm. I can't imagine that. No, thank you. If I could not do one thing in my entire life, it would be that. Yeah, I agree. That's... <sighs> yeah. And it was just really sad just to see like the documents of, oh, Paul is filing for this on behalf of Jason because of Dominic and Nick and the mm-hmm. brutal acts and everything. And really, I don't know. I just had never seen that. Yeah, side of things before like the aftermath for the family That's obviously crazy. yeah obviously i know there's like a funeral and everything like that but it was crazy so now to show you the pictures yep let's see them okay and we'll put these pictures on like our instagram and yep. social medias and stuff so everyone can see them so that is jason yeah and that's eddie and dominic you can tell by their haircuts this was early 2000s yeah and that is Nicholas, and that is Justina. Does she have crazy eyes? Yeah, she's a... I don't know. I think... I, <laughs> Mind you, they're all on drugs. Yeah, no kidding. Good God. And then I'm going to show you the picture. This is her parole picture. This is when she was released. So you saw when she was younger when this happened, when she was mm-hmm. 15. And then... Is that 17 years later? From 03, 04 to 2020? Yeah. This is like she's like thirty in this picture. Does she still have crazy eyes? Yeah, that's nuts. See, I don't, I don't like that she's out walking around. I don't either. It's terrible to me. I don't like that. I would prefer her not to be. Yep. But I did check, and the brothers, the Coyas, and Eddie are still in prison in Pennsylvania. That's so good. that's some solace. But, but yeah, that's the case of Jason Sweeney and his terrible friends, if you can even call him that. Yeah, that one was brutal. You've been teasing me all week with this case, and it was uh, it lived up to how brutal you said it was. So, <sighs> well, I'm glad that those guys are in jail. Yeah. I mean, I guess the least violent one is out. I'm not saying that. I don't know. I, I don't she, know. It, she played a role in it just as much as they did. If, he, if she didn't do that, he'd still be around. Mm-hmm. So. So, receive no sympathy from me. So since you already don't like her, I do want to tell you one thing that she did say after the fact. They always got some shit to say, mm-hmm. don't they? They always have something to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So while they were in prison awaiting trial and everything, she actually wrote letters to her cohorts. She wrote letters to them? Mm-hmm. Oh, Stating things like, quote, I am a cold-hearted, death-worshipping bitch who survives by feeding off the weak and lonely. I lure them, and then I crush them, end quote. Jesus. Yeah, glad she's out walking around. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And then there's one other thing. You're just a badass lady, huh? Oh, you're going to hate her after this. Okay. If you don't already. No, it's, yeah, I don't don't like her. You're not going to like her even more. Mm -hmm. So this other letter said, quote, I am guilty, but I still don't feel guilty for anything. I still enjoy my flashbacks. They give me comfort. I love them, end quote. Ugh. I got chills reading that. I, mm-mm. Yep, I just got one too. That's, um, 
And no. she, she's out walking the world. Well, she probably can't leave the country. I don't know about the state. I don't know what her conditions of parole are, but... That doesn't sound like something a serial killer would say, does it? No, not at all. Jeez Louise. Not at all. When was that? <clears throat> that she was released? No, that she wrote those things. So it was before their trial. Oh. From what I could see. Yeah, she's still thinking she was hot shit for doing that. That's mm -hmm. ridiculous. So those letters actually sentencing, like kind of put a knife through it. Because they were like, oh, well, you, you did do this. But then they still let her out in 17 years, so... She's That's straight. crazy. She was sentenced to 17 to 35, did her 17, and now she's out. No, thank you. Yeah, I don't want any of that. <clears throat> All right, well, that uh, exceeded my expectations. Yeah, it was terrible. It was a rough <laughs> one. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely a rough one. Tune in next week as we go through the case of an 11-year-old serial killer in Great Britain. Hope to see you all next Thursday. Were you not ready for no. that? <laughs> no, I, I'm excited for next week. Your face is perfect. Yeah, my, yeah that really like, made my face change. What? A what? <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening to another episode of Late Night Murder Podcast. If you'd like to stay up to date on all of our episode teasers as well as the pictures from the cases and anything else related to late night murder you can follow us on our social medias facebook late night murder podcast instagram find us at late night murder podcast twitter at ln murder podcast as well as youtube you can search for late night murder podcast if you want to see the episodes as a video even though it's just our picture new episodes drop every thursday you can find late night murder on spotify iHeartRadio, Pandora, and anywhere else you get your podcasts from.
is the second of Bill Gray's books, Mammoth Treasures and Other Things Inside. You can 